are. Let's look this morning in the book of Psalms, chapter number 27. Psalms, chapter number 27. And uh, we're going to read some verses here and familiar scripture, no doubt. And I've been reading just in my daily reading in the book of Psalms and have uh, come across some things and the Lord's uh, touched my heart with some things, some things I hadn't uh, noticed or seen before. And the Lord's uh, worked in me and he began, I began praying about the service and didn't know, I knew, you know, regardless of the weather, we were going to try our best by the help of the Lord to have some form of service uh, today, uh, be it what we're doing now um, or, um, you know, in person. Of course, the weather's not permitting us to do that, uh, but we're uh, wanted to look in the Word of God. And so the Lord drew our heart to this scripture. And so I want to read Psalm chapter 27 and begin reading in verse number 13. Now, most of us know a little bit about this psalm. Uh, I guess the most uh, well-known or most popular, if you want to use that word verse, from this psalm would be verse number one, where it talks about the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now we know from the head and what information is given to us that David is the writer of this psalm. He writes many of the psalms. The majority of them are written by David, at least uh, those that we know the author, the human penman. And uh, this is one of David's psalms. Now, many of the psalms, it's told us when, uh, it, the specific time frame in the writer's life, be it David or someone else, it's told to us some of them when David wrote his psalm. But this is not, uh, we don't have that in the heading. We don't have that information. Uh, the heading says that David sustains his faith by the power of God. And that's all we're told. But if we read this psalm, most people... Most commentators, most writers, and others believe because of the things that are talked about in this psalm. We look at what David has said here. He talks about his enemies, that they came upon him to eat up my flesh. Uh, talks about in verse number three, a host encamped against him. War arose against him. It talks about um, in verse number 10, his father and mother forsaking him. And all of these things, it's believed that David wrote this during his time that he ran from Saul, especially someone said, one writer said it, it makes a lot of sense that it was when Doeg the Edomite turned and spoke against David. We don't know, but we do know that David is writing from experience. There are some hard things uh, that David has encountered, some tough battles. You and I understand that. And so here as David's writing, I want to begin reading in verse number 13, read the last two verses, and then try our best to give to you what the Lord has put on our heart for today. The Bible said in Psalm 27 and verse 13, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now I'm interested this morning if God would help us for just a few minutes in verse number 13 where the statement is made, I had fainted. I want to preach for just a little while this morning if God would be my helper and you'd pray for me and maybe it'll be a help and an encouragement to you on how to keep from fainting. How to keep from fainting. Now we look in the Word of God and we know uh, that fainting is not just an Old Testament word, but it is a New Testament word. Uh, we understand that the word faint here doesn't mean like 
what we think. It doesn't mean to lose consciousness or to pass out. Uh, but the word faint means to weaken, uh, to exhaust, to grow weary in spirit. It, it's a common infirmity for the flesh. We get weak and weary in our spirit. We think about uh, when Jesus took the disciples into the garden. He told them to stay and watch and pray. Uh, and he would go farther. And he did go farther. And we appreciate the message at the church on Wednesday night by Brother Charlie about him going farther. I'm glad he can go farther. Uh, but Jesus told them to watch and pray. And uh, then he comes back and, and finds them asleep. And he said, the spirit indeed is willing, uh, but the flesh is weak. Now, uh, the spirit is that inner man. Uh, but then there are the spirits. And what I mean by that is how we feel, our feelings, our emotion, our uh, enthusiasm. Sometimes that gets drained from us. Uh, now we look in the Word of God and uh, in that admonition that Paul gave to Timothy about the last days, he said that perilous times would come. Uh, well, the word perilous has to do uh, with our surroundings and it causes uh, the spirit of a man to faint. It causes us to be drained, to be weakened, to grow weary in spirit. And it's a reality. Some writers said that it's a common infirmity uh, to all of us. And so it's not just something that uh, that I face and you don't, or that some of us face, but it is a reality uh, that all of us face. We all have that time where we feel like we're going to faint. We feel our spirit weakened, and we feel drained. We feel exhausted. We lose our enthusiasm. We lose our drive. We lose our uh, want to go forward. And uh, that's a reality as part of living in the flesh. There's a war, is what Paul said. There's, it's a, a war in our members that the inner man uh, wants to please God. That's what Jesus meant by the Spirit is willing. It wants to do uh, the things of God, wants to please God. But then uh, there is the flesh. And the flesh wants to do uh, what the flesh wants to do. And oftentimes that war and that battle, it causes weakness in us it causes weariness in us that's why so many i thought about uh, you know songs that have been written in days gone by and we look back at the old days and thank god for that and we talk about the power of god that they had we talk about uh, the revival moves that they had and experiences with god uh, that they have but we can look back in the writers of the songs of the old days and realize that they had the same infirmities. Uh, Peter said there's no temptation taking you. Uh, but such as is common to man. In other words. It, what we're facing today. Uh, those that have come before us have faced as well. And so we can look back in the old days of our forefathers. I think about that song uh, that we all know so well. That says farther on still go farther. That is a song uh, that was written for exhortation. For admonition. Uh, for encouragement for the people of God in their weariness. Uh, for the Bible said, in, or that song says uh, in the first verse, Oh my brother, are you weary of the roughness of the road? There is a reality uh, that sometimes we get weak in the spirit. Sometimes uh, that we faint. Sometimes we lose the drive. We lose of the enthusiasm. We get weak on the inside. We grow weary. We wear out 
uh, we exhaust. That's the reality of living in the flesh. I think about, we don't just have to talk about uh, the days gone by and our forefathers, but we can look in the Word of God and we can see, you know, some of these characters. And we think sometimes... I'm afraid that we read the Word of God like it's a a storybook or a fairy tale. It's not. Uh, It's a record. It is reality of things that did happen, things that are happening, and things that will happen in the days to come. But I think about Elijah. Uh, And you know that one chapter he's calling fire down from heaven and and God's showing himself to be God against all others. Uh, And the very next chapter he's hiding in a cave and he's asking God to take his life. You say, how Uh, can a man go from one chapter calling fire down from heaven uh, to the next chapter asking to die? Uh, Well, it's the same reason that you and I can go into the house of God on Sunday morning and the preacher can preach and our spirit be stirred and us feel like we're floating on the clouds and walk out the door of the church and get in our car and by the time we get home we're on the bottom again you say I don't understand it when it's just the way of the flesh and it is part of being weary it's part of being exhausted it's part of growing faint in the flesh and so it happened to Elijah it can happen to us it happened to others not just Elijah think about Jeremiah when he said I've been very jealous and have tried to preach the word and he said but they've not been interested in hearing me and so he said I'm just going to close the book and I'm not even going to mention his name anymore Uh, sometimes our flesh wants to quit Uh, that's the reality but I do believe according to scriptures if we look at what Jeremiah said he said but there was it was like a fire shut up in my bones I was weary with forbearing and could not stay in other words that word forbear that means to put up with or to try to quit, to try to just uh, coast along. Jeremiah said, I couldn't quit. And I believe that sometimes the flesh wants to quit. Uh, there have been days in my life where my flesh wanted to, uh, but there's something burnt inside the child of God that cannot quit. Uh, there is not quit in the spirit of the child of God. Oh, we'll get weak sometimes. Uh, the reality about growing faint now here is what I want you to hear and understand this morning. According to the book of Hebrews chapter 12 of the reality of becoming faint is that it happens in the mind it's a battle in the mind that is the battleground in these days that is the place the devil fights that is the place the flesh struggles against the inner man is in the mind. That's why Paul or whoever you believe to be the writer of the book of Hebrews, why he exhorted the Hebrew believers to consider Jesus lest they be wearied and faint in their minds. It's a work of the mind. The mind convinces you or tries to convince you to give up. The mind tries to convince you that you're not doing any good, that it's time to lay it down. The mind is what tells you that you might as well give it up and not go back to mind is what tells you there's no use. Why go to church this morning if this is all there is to it? There's no use. Why read your Bible? Why pray? Why read the Bible when it feels like sometimes that it's just black letters on white pages? Why pray when it feels like sometimes that your words don't get much higher than your head, much less 
of heaven where God's a listing. That's the battleground of the mind. That's part of being faint. That's part of losing heart. That's part of your spirit being drained. And it's very much a reality in these days that we're living in. I think even more so than it ever has been. That's what Paul was speaking to Timothy about about the last days. And I understand uh, that the word last days is a broad term and really according to scriptures the church has been in the last days uh, since Christ ascended back and the church was established and they began to go forth as the disciples and the apostles and uh, Pentecost happened the Holy Ghost came that ushered in the last days I understand that uh, but one old preacher said we're in the last of the last days uh, and Paul said that in the last days these perilous times would come uh, the word perilous means hard to cope with hard to bear. It means to drain the spirit from a man. It means literally uh, to pour out. That uh, You take a bottle of water. I was thinking about what Brother Seaton was preaching uh, this morning on his uh, broadcast about <coughs> our adversary wanting to devour and how that word devour uh, means to empty out. Well, it's the same way. He wars in the mind. Uh, these perilous times war in our mind. It pours out our strength. It pours out our enthusiasm, it pours out our want to, our drive to go on. And so here David is looking around at all the circumstances. He's not sugarcoating it. He's not trying to cover it up. He's not trying to pretend uh, that everything's going well in his life and everything's just, uh, you know, fluffy clouds and babbling brooks. But David is honest about where he finds himself. He said, there's a host uh, that's encamped about me. My enemies have desired my flesh. He said, my mother and my father have forsaken me. I mean, you talk about dark times. Uh, David said, I feel abandoned. I feel alone. That is, in his flesh, if he went with what he thought, if he went uh, with what his mind had to say, his mind was saying, David, give up. Uh, David, there's no use. David, uh, don't quite try to keep going. David, just throw in the towel. Uh, David, just give it up. David, just abandon now. David, forsake God now. That's kind of like Job's wife when she come and looked around at all her circumstances and were hard on her, uh, but put yourself in her shoes. They lost all the half, uh, lost all their children. She said, just curse God and die. I, I think she fainted. I think she lost all her spirit. And she said, Job, let's just get it over with. And Job said, you speak like a foolish woman. Uh, the Lord had given and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You say, how did Job do that? The same way David. He said, I had fainted. In other words, he said, I would have. But that leads me to know and believe the Holy Ghost got to work in my heart. And I want to preach by the help of God to help you this morning that you cannot faint. I believe that there's a remedy. I believe there's preventative medicine to keep the heart of the child of God from fainting in these last days. David said, if I had done what I I wanted to do, I would have fainted. I would have given up. I would have thrown in the towel. I would have quit. But he said, I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I want to say I've got three things on my heart. I'll give them to you pretty quick and then we'll go. Number one, how to keep from fainting. David said, there's hope. He said it was the hope that I had in God that kept me from fainting. He didn't say everything was perfect. He didn't say everything was going just right. He didn't say everything was going like I wanted to do. He didn't say in our terminology I use uh, uh, the phrase sometimes you know the bank account's up and the blood pressure's down. Everything's well 
David didn't say any of that. David said the situation was not favorable. The situation was hard. The situation was tough. The situation was draining me. As this definition said, this situation was taking my spirit. This situation was pulling everything I had in me out. But he said, I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm glad there's hope this morning. I'm glad no matter your situation, no matter your circumstance, no matter the storm you're in, no matter how bad it is, no matter how dark the valley, no matter how black the clouds, no matter how loud the thunder, how big the waves are that are rocking against your boat, I want to tell you this morning, there's a way for you not to give up. There's a way for you not to give in. I'm glad there's hope this morning. That'll keep us from fainting. David said, I had fainted. I would have. I would have given in. But he said, I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now there's two applications, I believe, under that phrase, land of the living. It could mean, it could be applied right now while we're alive. The Lord is taking care of us. David said, I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. He didn't say bad times wouldn't come. He didn't say hard times wouldn't face us. Matter of fact, the New Testament said all that would live God in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Peter said if any man suffer as a Christian, there's sufferings that are going to come. There's trouble that's going to come our way. But David said in it all, I still had hope. I'm going to tell you this morning, there's hope for you. You say, preacher, you don't know where I'm at. I may not, but it don't matter. And I don't mean that without care. But I'm saying the ability of God can bring you out. God has the power. No matter where you are, no matter what your circumstance, no matter what your trouble, one writer said that we might as well doubt that the oceans could fill a spoon. If we're going to doubt that the power and the providence of the Almighty can't help us out of trouble, I'm glad to know, boy, that stirs in my heart. It'd be easier to doubt that the ocean could fill up a spoon with water than to doubt that the power of God can't bring us out of the trouble we're in. I'm telling you, the Bible said He's a very present help in trouble. That means the old preacher said that He's able wherever we are, whatever we're going through, He's able to get to us quicker than right now. That's the power of God. He's already there. The storm may come tomorrow, but guess what? God's already there. Before I get to my storm, there may be one brewing on the horizon for me. I don't want to go through it any more than you do. But I know that if there is a storm on my tomorrow, that my God's already there and He'll help me through the storm. That's the hope I have. And that's the hope you have as a child of God. And that hope will keep us from fainting in these days. Keep us from losing heart. There's not just hope of the help of the Lord, but I believe there's hope of a harvest. That's what Paul said to the church at Galatia when he was admonishing and encouraging them to keep on. He said, we know in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And so there's a hope of a harvest. There's something coming to the people of God. That's the second application, I believe, where David said, see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living.
heaven. One writer said we cannot call anything but that sweet by and by as the land of the living. For here we are living. But not everybody here is alive. Oh, everybody's existing. Everybody's going on. But I'm going to tell you until you say by the grace of God, according to the word of God, you're dead in trespasses and sins. That's what the Bible said. The Bible said you had to quickened who were dead. And so everybody walking around without the salvation of the Lord that's never been born again, they're dead. But I'm glad we're going to a land where there'll be no more dead. That means more than just laying aside the robe of flesh. But there's no sin, no sickness, no sorrow there. All is life. It's the land of the living. And that's what Paul's telling the church at Galatia. It's not about material prosperity. That's not what Paul's focusing on. If that's all you think, then I might not help you this morning. But Paul said there's a harvest coming. He said at the end of his life, I fought a good fight. I finished my course and kept the faith. Henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but to unto also all them that love is appearing. So there's a harvest. There's a hope of a harvest. I mean, uh, the songwriter said there's a, uh, there's a reaping day of coming. I mean, there's a day where the old preacher uh, said there's a payday coming someday. And it's not about money. It's not about materialistic things. All we have here, thank God for it. I'm glad for a good house to live in, a nice car to drive, a clothes to put on today, and food to eat. I'm glad and thank the Lord for it all. But all this is temporary. It'll all vanish and in light of eternity. None of these things will matter, but there's coming a day where there is the things that do matter. And that's the eternal things. That's the, the things that God can do. And only God can do. I want to hear them words well done. If that's all there was to get in the reward in heaven. If that's all it was, was be to hear his voice. If, if there were no crowns, if there were no rewards, and I don't know all there is to know about that, and that's okay. But I believe that if there wasn't anything else, we could just hear his voice say, well done, that's the reward, that's the reaping, that's the hope that all the children of God ought to take hope in this morning and we should not faint. Now we can't do this in our own power. We're going to have to have the help of the Lord. We're going to have to have His assistance. And so it's His hope. We read the title this morning of the heading of the psalm. It said David sustains his faith by the power of God. It's all about Him. That's why Paul said be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. It's not about us. We can't do it. But thank God by His help we can overcome and we don't have to faint. So he says I have fainted unless I believe to see. So there's a hope. Then I want to say in verse number 14, David talks about that he fainted not because there was help. Not just there was hope, but I, I'm glad there is hope. But David said there's some help for the child of God. Look at what he said. He said, wait on the Lord in verse number 14. Be of good courage. That's a military phrase for the soldiers of the Lord. And he said, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, 
on the Lord. What David say? He said, I'd fainted if it wasn't for the hope I had in the Lord. Hope to see the goodness of the Lord. Believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But then he said, I found help in him to keep from faint. He, the Bible said, will strengthen thine heart. The word strengthen means to make firm. It means to assure and secure. It means to give us stability in an unstable world. An unstable world. One writer said a strong heart makes a strong arm. It's hard to work for God when your heart's weak. It's hard to do any service for the Lord when you're faint, when you've grown weary, when you're wearing out when you've exhausted but I'm glad we just wait on him not try to fix it in our own power we can't pull ourselves up I understand the phrase and I understand what they meant by it and I don't mean anything bad against anybody we can't pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps we need the help of the Lord and I'm glad he is help and he will help and because of that help we cannot faint I'm glad there's a a remedy, a way to keep from fainting. David here is speaking from experience. He knows. Now he's waiting on God to help him in this situation. He's believing for God to help him, but he's had some times in days gone by where he had the help of the Lord. He's had times in days gone by that he never could have made it without the help of the Lord. When he walked out on the battlefield against Goliath, he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he said, it's he that will give you give you into my hand and give me the victory. He said it when he talked to Saul. He said, when the lion and the bear come to the flock, he said, it was the Lord that delivered him into my hands and I caught him and I slew him. And I'm telling you this morning, a child of God, there's an adversary. There's an enemy out there. He's a real enemy. He's a powerful enemy. None of you, none of us are any match for him and ourselves. But I'm glad this morning with the help of God, we can and will overcome. So we can keep from fainting through the hope and through the help of the Lord. But then I want to say, and I already mentioned this verse this morning in Hebrews chapter 12. And now we got to, I need to give a little background and context for the book of Hebrews and what's going on here. The writer, whoever you believe it to be, Paul or whoever, I believe it to be the Apostle Paul. He's writing to Hebrew believers who are under great persecution and great affliction. They have left Judaism. They have left laws. They have left the customs and the traditions of the Old Testament. They have forsaken their families and been forsaken by their families. They've been saved and converted and fallen after Christ. But they believed, as the angel said, as they watched Him go away, that He would come again. They believed that He would come in their lifetime quickly while they were living. And when He didn't come, they began to get discouraged. They began to get weak and weary. They began to faint. They began to fall out. And so Paul spends, or whoever the writer, the first ten chapters, reminding them and explaining to them and admonishing them that everything they have in Christ is far better than anything they ever had under the law. Then in chapter 11, we call it the hall of faith. But Paul goes back to 
them again and, and gives them all their lineage, all those characters they know, all their forefathers, and how they overcame by faith. And that if they could overcome, so could the Hebrew believers. Then he says in chapter number 12, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Paul is talking about all those that he just named in chapter 11. And now he's going to admonish these believers that they can overcome by faith and by the help of God. Just like those in chapter 11 did. He said, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easy beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus. Not looking to the law. Not looking to the brethren. Not looking to the Baptists. Not looking to the church. But looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. And then he says in verse number 3. For consider him. That is Christ. Consider him. Now what does that word consider means? It means to study. It means to focus all our attention on. It means to draw our focus in on Him. To have blinders put on. That we can't see anything but Him. And He said consider Him who endured such contradiction of sinners. In other words, the Hebrew believers who were going through persecution. But Paul said our example, our high priest, Christ endured far more than we did. And He said consider Him. Focus on Him lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. So David said we have hope and we have help. But I believe Paul says we have a hero. We have somebody that's gone before us. Somebody that's paved the way. Of somebody that's made a way. That's what the writer said here through the whole book. That we have access by Christ. The reason we can come bold to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need is because we have a great high priest passed into the heavens. We have access by a new and a living way. That he's become a better high priest and a bit with a better sacrifice, better promises on a better covenant with better things to come. The hope of a better a resurrection and it's all tied up in Christ he's the hero he's the leader he's the example he's the head that's what Paul said to the church at Corinth about the body he's the head we operate under his guidance under his direction he leads us and guides us and he does not want the people of God to faint in these days Paul uses the word Lest. Now David said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So there's that word unless. Now here in Hebrews chapter 12, the writer said, Lest, consider Him, consider Christ, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. You say, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that both those verses tell me that there's a way not to faint. There's a way to keep from fainting. But we're going to have to look to the hope. And we're going to have to seek for the help. And we're going to have to keep our eyes focused on the hero. On the head of the church. As long as he's the head, we're not going under. 
And let me tell you, friend, there'll never be a time he won't be the head. He told him over yonder on the shores of Caesarea Philippi, when he was wondering what men were saying, they said, some say, you're alive, some Jeremiah, some John, one of the prophets. He said, but who do you say I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, on this rock, not on Peter, but on the rock of the truth that he was the Son of God. He said, I'll build my church and even the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm telling you this morning, the church is not some anemic weakling backed into the corner somewhere just trying our best to exist and make it to the end. That's not the picture of God's church. But the church is a powerful force. Not in our own power, but in the power of God. And we have a mighty captain who goes before us. Ain't that what Paul told Timothy? He said, be a good soldier. He said, a good soldier will not entangle himself with the affairs of this life, but he will please him that's chosen him to be a soldier. Well, who chooses soldiers? That's the captain. That's the commander. That's the leader. I'm glad we have a great commander, a great leader, and he'll never forsake us, never leave us. He is marching on to victory. We're following him. We already have the victory. The Bible said, thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory through our Lord. Jesus Christ and so it's through him our hero and our head that we cannot faint these verses say unless I had fainted unless and Paul said lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind I want to tell you this morning child of God and encourage you by the help of the Lord that there's a way to keep from fainting if you'll just Hold to the hope. I'm glad, well, let me rephrase that. If you just let the hope hold on to you. It's not about us holding on. I'm glad I don't have to hold on to him, but I'm glad he's holding on to me. That's what the writer said. We have hope, which is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and it entered within the veil. Whether Christ the fort, see, it's all tied in him. And so we have that hope. Focus on that hope. Ask God for that help. We have that help, that very present help. We can find grace to help in the time of need. And we have this head of this hero that goes on and leading us to glory. And so we don't have to faint. I don't know where you are this morning. I believe that in these last days, the reality of fainting is becoming much, much more a reality. In our day, as the writer said, it's a common infirmity to all of us. I'm going to tell you this morning, there's preventative medicine. If fainting is an infirmity, if it is a sickness, there's a preventative medicine for you not to faint this morning. And it is in the help and the hope and the hero of our faith, Jesus Christ. Will you let Him help you today? Will you turn to Him today? Will you cry out for help today if you need it? I've told my people, and many of them are watching some others this morning, wherever you may be, wherever this message may find you today, I'm telling you it's not a shame to admit you need help. But the shame is not to get the help when God has it available for you. And I'm going to tell you this morning, there's help to be had. That's what David said, wait on the Lord. Don't try to fix it yourself. Don't try to pull yourself. You can't. But wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And He'll strengthen thine heart. He'll help you. Look unto Him. Consider Him, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. 
I had fainted. It was coming. David said it was coming. It was inevitable. Unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord. There was hope. And I'm going to tell you, I know you say, preacher, it's dark. I know it is. And I'm going to tell you this morning, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how bad the situation, there's help and hope for us in the Lord this morning. I pray it's been a blessing to you and a help to you. May the Lord bless you today. May you have a good day.